Welcome to The Humanist Report. I'm Mike Figueredo. Today's episode is brought to you by audibletrial.com slash humanistreport. When you sign up for a free 30-day trial, you will get a free audiobook of your choice. And whenever you do that, Audible will actually give The Humanist Report $15. So you support the show uh, just by us referring you to uh, Audible. And plus, they're actually a really great service. So go ahead and check that out. Today, we have a very, very uh, good episode for you. I'm going to be talking about Kim Davis, the Rowan County Clerk in Kentucky, who defied the Supreme Court's order and will not be issuing marriage licenses to gay couples, and now she is being held in contempt of court. I'll also be discussing Bernie Sanders and the DNC chief, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and I'll tell you my opinion on her um, and give you an update on the exclusivity clause story, which I uh, first covered here. Now, I'll preemptively apologize to all of my viewers. Uh, I'm getting over a cold. I'm still not well. Uh, so if I break out into a coughing fit in the middle of a video, uh, just know that I'm doing everything I can to not do that, but it's very difficult. Um, that's kind of the reason why I didn't get out videos as much, because I kind of filmed one episode, took a week off, and then just really stretched those videos out as much as I could. Um, so that's why. But anyways, I hope that you can enjoy the show uh, in spite of that. I'm going to make a very, very bold prediction. Here it is. Hear me out. Bernie Sanders is going to win the Democratic nomination and ultimately go on to be the 45th president of the United States. This may seem premature and completely irrational because the first primary isn't until February and the general election is more than a year away, but I actually have my reasoning as to why I think this is going to be the case. So there's two specific reasons in mind. Now, first and foremost, if the poll numbers continue to rise steadily in his favor, well, he will win according to current trajectories. That's just math. Now, second of all, our country is really at a breaking point. So when you look at the actual political climate of the United States, you'll see that all indications, all signs point to the fact that we may be on the precipice of a political revolution. So let me elaborate more on both of these points, but first I'll talk about the polls. So now multiple polls show that Bernie Sanders is beating Hillary Clinton in New Hampshire, which is a key primary state. Very important. Now furthermore, Bernie Sanders is closing the gap in Iowa as well. If you look at this chart, you'll see that he is now within striking distance and will probably overtake her within the next month or so, if not sooner. And when you look at aggregate polling data, you'll find that Bernie's electability and national favorability continues to rise, while Hillary Clinton's continues to fall. So now, Hillary Clinton's numbers are not falling because her campaign is embroiled in controversy over this email scandal, nor is it falling uh, because the first word that comes to mind when voters think of Hillary Clinton is liar. That's actually a poll. I'm not just saying that to be mean. That's what one poll found. That's not the case. Bernie's meteoric rise can be attributed to the fact that he excites people because he's proposing real solutions to the most pressing issues of our time. So a new article from the Huffington Post is titled, quote, Polling Trajectory Shows Bernie Sanders Winning the Democratic Nomination. Now in that article, they state, Senator Bernie Sanders will win the Democratic nomination in 2016, not only because he can type an email without nationwide controversy, 
but also because he's exhibited a monumental surge in the polls. This ascent within the hearts and minds of Democrats began several months ago and will only continue with greater name recognition. According to HuffPost pollster, Clinton's lead over Sanders among Democrats was an astounding 60.1% to a mere 4.9% on March 2nd, 2015. By August 26, 2015, Bernie Sanders surged all the way to 23.4%, while Clinton fell to 47.1%. America should finally start to notice a political revolution in the making, especially since most Americans still don't know much about Sanders, yet he still continues to rise in the polls. Once he's given the attention he deserves from media and political pundits, Bernie Sanders will become even more popular among voters. Now, I've been saying that all along since I started The Humanist Report. So, the Huffington Post... Uh, either they watch The Humanist Report or they're just logical. So you can't ignore those numbers. That's the conclusion uh, when it comes to this first point with polling data. Even Nate Silver, the political whiz kid who pretty much predicted the last two presidential elections, well, he predicted that Bernie surge would end, but he was wrong. And even he admitted that. And I predicted that he was going to be wrong. So against all odds... Against the fact that the media has been trying so hard to stifle his campaign, Bernie Sanders is thriving. So when you look at the data, the probability that Bernie will win is increasing. Now, this doesn't mean there aren't challenges. He's still not polling well among African Americans and Latinos, but once again, uh, he's going to get the national attention that he deserves finally, I think, uh, once the debates start. And I think that that's going to change and he will poll better among minorities. Now, once Bernie Sanders beats Hillary Clinton, it doesn't matter who you throw at him. Any Republican, Donald Trump, Jeb Bush, he's going to beat him. He's going to beat him. So now getting to the second reason why I think he's going to win. In short, he's the transformative figure that we need. So think about it. Voters have become politically disenfranchised. They're not represented by Congress. Congress just represents uh, corporations and special interests. Our politicians have become so corrupt. Uh, income inequality has pretty much become so bad that it's unsustainable. And little action has been taken to mitigate climate change when we need substantial action. All of this can't continue. We're at a breaking point. If it does, things could get so bad that it could potentially trigger a regime change. Now... That's highly unlikely, but political scientists know that all democracies eventually break down, and the U.S. is not excluded from that harsh fact. But what's more likely is the fact that we're going to have a political revolution, one that's nonviolent, one that happens through a transformative figure such as Bernie Sanders. Uh, and this was the case with FDR. So now what's clear is that the same old establishment politics will not work. In 2008, Obama came along and promised to not play politics as usual, but that was a lie because as we've all seen he's proven to be a corporatist democrat but what happened was that his campaign still galvanized the public because he was the uh, insurgent candidate and we wanted someone who was not part of the political elite and the difference between barack obama in 2008 and bernie sanders in 2015 is that bernie sanders actually has his record to count on he has that track record of being a progressive all the way back to the 1960s so this is not just someone promising to be progressive and then is going to change their mind in office. It's the fact that Bernie Sanders has a real progressive record to count on. Even the Republicans are fed up, hence the reason why Donald Trump is surging in the polls. Because even though he said some ridiculous things, the fact of the matter is that he is an anti-establishment candidate. And he's talking about how our system is broken, how he's purchased politicians himself. So 
we're all tired of politics as usual. And Bernie Sanders is the person who is purporting to change that and is promising to change that. And that's why he's galvanizing the public and getting so much popularity and rising in the polls because Hillary Clinton, she's not promising to do any of that and she's not exciting anybody. So when you take all of these things into consideration, it becomes very, very clear. The conclusion is right in front of us. It's right in our face. Bernie Sanders is going to win the Democratic nomination and become the 45th president of the United States. Hear me now, quote me later. The YouTube channel Bernie Sanders for President had recently compiled a bunch of clips of both Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton speaking out about different issues ranging from uh, gay rights uh, to healthcare uh, and even the Iraq war. And it's really insightful because it just proves that Hillary Clinton just keeps getting it wrong, uh, whereas Bernie Sanders has been right all along. Take a look. Any vote that might lead to war should be hard. But I cast it with conviction. I know that there have been a lot of questions about Iraq uh, posed to candidates uh, over the last weeks. I've made it very clear that uh, I made a mistake, plain and simple. Mr. Speaker, in the brief time I have, let me give you five reasons why I'm opposed to giving the president a blank check to launch a unilateral invasion and occupation of Iraq and why I will vote against this resolution. You are looking at a, a senator and a former congressman, and as a congressman, I voted against the war in Iraq. I believe that marriage is not just a bond, but a sacred bond between a man and a woman. I do not support gay marriage. LGBT Americans are our colleagues, our teachers, our soldiers, our friends, our loved ones. And they are full and equal citizens and deserve the rights of citizenship. That includes marriage. That's why I support marriage for lesbian and gay couples. I support it personally and as a matter of policy and law. Now, my ears may have playing, been playing a trick on me, but I thought I heard the gentleman a moment ago say something, quote unquote, about homos in the military. Was I right in hearing that expression? Absolutely. Putting homosexuals in the military. You said something about homos in the military. Was the gentleman referring to the many thousands and thousands of gay people who have put their lives on the line in countless wars defending this country? I'm was talking, that the group of people that the gentleman was referring to? I'm talking about the military people in the military do not support That's not the what we were bill. talking about. You used the word homos in the military. You have insulted thousands of men and women who have put their lives on the line. I'm talking about you and liberals like you that keep... I go out to high schools all over the state of Vermont. I go to the conservative parts of the state, and I ask the kids, I said, raise your hand. Tell me what you think about gay marriage. And kids kind of shrug their shoulders, and they say, what are you talking about? What is the big deal? Which is exactly what we've always wanted in the first place. What is the big deal? All right. And let me also say, I will defend the Affordable Care Act. We've got to defend the Affordable Care Act. It is time that the United States of America joined the rest of the industrialized world and guaranteed health care to all people as a right, not a privilege. President, would you sign a bill, yes or no, please, in favor of allowing the Keystone XL pipeline? This is President Obama's decision, and I am not going to second-guess him because I was in a position 
to set this in motion, and I do not think that would be the right thing to do. So I want to wait and see what he and Secretary Kerry decide. If it's undecided when I become president, I will answer your question. Uh, if you listen to what the scientific community is saying overwhelmingly, is that climate change is real, it is caused by human activity, it is already causing devastating problems. So my response to Senator Hoven is, listen to the scientific community. We have got to, as a nation, lead the world in transforming our energy system away from fossil fuel and into energy efficiency and sustainable energy. Frankly, we will look like fools throughout the entire global economy if we are advocating more and more dirty oil at the same time as we're talking about the need to combat global warming. So we have got to defeat this Keystone Pipeline. We've got to rally the American people to do it. And we've got to get President Obama to be strong on this issue. We need to fix our dysfunctional political system and get unaccountable money out of it once and for all, even if that takes a constitutional amendment. And while Mrs. Clinton takes aim at the influence of money, she has not distanced herself from the several super PACs that are backing her or the cast of wealthy donors who are also supporting her campaign. In terms of the politics of America, as a result of this disastrous Citizens United Supreme Court decision, clearly the billionaires Koch brothers and others are owning the political process. They will determine who the candidates are. And let me say this thing. If elected president, I will have a litmus test in terms of my nominee to be a Supreme Court justice. And that nominee will say that we are going to overturn this disastrous Supreme Court decision on Citizens United because that decision is undermining American democracy. I do not believe that billionaires should be able to buy politicians. Hillary Clinton says she is going to have a super PAC, says she has to do it. She doesn't like it, but she has to do it to compete. Uh, what about that? I, I understand where she's coming from. I will not have a super PAC. Look, we announced a week and a half ago, Bob, and since that time, we have had 200,000 people go to BernieSanders.com to sign up for the campaign. We've had close to 90,000 contributions. Do you know what the average contribution was? It's about 40 three dollars 43 bucks for middle-class working families so i don't think we're going to outspend hillary clinton or jeb bush or anybody else but i think we are going to raise the kinds of money that we need to run a strong uh and winning uh campaign so i think the video is uh fantastic it does a phenomenal job at highlighting the differences between both candidates so now admittedly i've gotten a lot of heat from hillary clinton supporters uh, because they contend that progressive channels such as uh, the Humanist Report and Secular Talk and the David Pakman Show, well, we're just being too mean to Hillary Clinton. And one uh, Hillary supporter said on Twitter that progressives are being so mean to Hillary Clinton that the Democrats should boycott the national election if Bernie Sanders gets the nomination just to spite Bernie's supporters. <laughs> That is complete and utterly irrational. If you're serious about politics, then what should matter to you is the issues, the policy positions of these candidates, not the cult of their personality. So if you think that the Humanist Report and Secular Talk and David Pakman and all these channels are being too tough on Hillary Clinton, 
Well, that's too bad because politicians are not infallible. You have to be objective. I can actually be objective and critique Bernie Sanders. I can say that I want him to actually take a stance when it comes to recreational marijuana. I can say I wish he would have jumped on the Black Lives Matter platform a lot sooner. I don't know if Hillary Clinton's supporters can do this. I mean, can they say, look, I agree with Hillary Clinton. I like that she's a centrist because that's a perfectly legitimate position to be on the ideological scale. But how are you not angry at the fact that she can't answer questions about the TPP, about the Keystone XL pipeline? Doesn't that bother you? Don't you think that hurts her chances of winning? I mean, that's the problem is that Bernie Sanders, he's taken a beating uh, from the media, from other Democrats. So he actually has this constructive criticism that he can work with. Hillary Clinton has seemed like a god. She was the presumptive nominee since probably 2012 when we all uh, realized that Obama was reelected and now no, he can't run again. So it's probably going to be Hillary next time. But she's not infallible. And uh, I think that we have to be tough on her because she's a politician and she's part of the establishment. So because of that, we have to be even extra tough on her. Now, here's why I'm uh, critical of Hillary Clinton. And I'm not being overly critical. I call people out where I think it needs to be done. Uh, first and foremost, she doesn't answer questions, as I've already stated. Uh, she's only spoken out about a couple of policy proposals that she would implement if she was elected president. She's taking money from Goldman Sachs, the private prison industry. These are very problematic facts uh she's not campaigning very well that's another uh issue she rarely holds campaign rallies she never speaks with the press you see bernie sanders every single week on multiple outlets uh state of the union meet the press constantly getting his platform out there but where's hillary clinton she's nowhere so i don't think she's what the democrats need to win there's a reason why the democrats witnessed the red wedding in 2014 it's because they all ran away from obama and moved to the right and we're trying to be overly conservative. An example of that is probably uh, Alison Lundergan Grimes. She was talking uh, about how uh, Mitch McConnell doesn't know how to hold a gun. And she, there was a commercial of her where she was shooting targets. Come on. <laughs> so they ran away from Obama. They became Republican light. And they got butchered. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because the centrist Democratic position... Well, they don't have any policies that excite the base. What Bernie Sanders is doing is exciting the base. So I'm sorry, Hillary supporters, but if you're liberal and you care about liberal issues like you say you do and you're not just following politics because you think that they are uh, kind of like pseudo-celebrities, well, then you should get behind Bernie Sanders because he's better than Hillary Clinton on every single liberal issue. You name it. He's better on it. So that is why I am critical of Hillary Clinton. She's just not a good candidate. And Bernie Sanders is a better candidate, no matter how you slice it. I mean, on any issue, you name it, he's better on it. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, I am proud to say that I was one of the first progressive outlets, if not the first, to cover the exclusivity clause, which is a DNC rule uh, implemented by Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the DNC chief. Uh, and what it does is it bans uh, 2016 Democratic presidential candidates from participating in a debate that is not sanctioned by the DNC. So, for example, if MSNBC wants to hold a debate, well, any candidate who goes to that will then be banned uh, from participating in any other debates that are sanctioned by the DNC. So now the reason why they are doing this, I uh, hypothesized, was that probably they wanted to stifle Bernie Sanders' campaign and preserve Hillary Clinton's because uh, the DNC chair, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she was the campaign manager for Hillary Clinton in 2008. 
So I don't know if she still is a huge avid Hillary Clinton supporter, but clearly she probably can't be objective. So now the DNC has also banned any candidate from participating if they are polling at less than 1%. Now, this doesn't necessarily concern Bernie Sanders because he's polling very well, but candidates such as Lawrence Lessig, uh, Lincoln Chafee, Jim Webb, well, they're not really going to be happy about this. Now, I don't care about any of those candidates. I still think we need more people because three people doesn't look very democratic for a big party, one of the biggest in the U.S., one of two. So The Hill explains Sanders on Sunday accused the DNC of being dead wrong in its debate strategy, while O'Malley charged the leaders of his own party with pushing a rigged process designed to advantage Clinton. I think it's a big mistake for us as a party to circle the wagons around the inevitable frontrunner, O'Malley said last week. Wasserman Schultz's office did not respond to requests for comment this week, but the DNC chairwoman has defended the debate schedule saying the six events will both lend voters ample opportunity to hear from our candidates about their vision for our country's future and highlight the clear contrast between the values of the Democratic Party, which is focused on strengthening the middle class versus Republicans. Okay, so that is basically a non-response. She's saying, look, you don't like it tough, deal with it. Now, I absolutely agree with uh, Martin O'Malley when he says that this is a rigged process. And I agree with Bernie Sanders when he says that uh, the DNC is dead wrong for implementing this rule. Now, I like this because I get to gloat a little bit because when I first posted the video about the exclusivity clause, I had a couple of my viewers say, look, you're being a little bit too conspiratorial. Uh, I mean, you could disagree with this uh, clause, but to say that they're doing it to benefit Hillary Clinton, it seemed just a little bit like you're in Alex Jones uh, territory. But I mean, look, the candidates are saying it now. Uh, uh, the fact of the matter is that Debbie Wasserman Schultz, as I stated, uh, was the campaign manager for Hillary Clinton. So come on. It's, it's very clear that this is probably the case that it's to rig it for Hillary Clinton. Now, I don't have substantial evidence to actually back up that claim, but I mean, you're stupid if you think that this isn't probably the case. So now, what I did was I told my viewers to tweet and call the DNC, and you guys have done such a good job at doing that. Uh, you guys have gone to me on Twitter, you've gone to me on uh, YouTube and Facebook about how you have been constantly calling and tweeting at the DNC, telling them to allow debates. Now, since then, both Martin O'Malley and Bernie Sanders, as I stated, have spoken out uh, against this rigged uh, debate schedule, and even the mainstream media outlets are now covering this topic. So we've achieved a lot of our goals. I mean, uh, if you look at bigger YouTubers uh, such as Secular Talk and the Young Turks, they've even covered this now. So that's what I wanted. I wanted to galvanize uh, Bernie supporters and get them to get the word out. So now with all of this criticism that Debbie Wasserman Schultz has now received, she is refusing to amend the debate schedule, and at a minimum, she's not even at least dropping the exclusivity clause. So I think it's time for Debbie Wasserman Schultz to be removed as the chair of the DNC. Look, I didn't want it to actually come to this, uh, but what she's doing is wrong, not just because I think she's probably trying to help Hillary Clinton's campaign, but it's also wrong because she's hurting the entire Democratic Party and their chances in the 2016 national election in the process. So Republicans have already had their first debate. So they've gotten a lot of media attention because of it. So what she's doing is she's ceding a lot of airtime to the Republicans. And you can't do that. Democrats have got to get their message out there and they've got to be effective at doing so. And debates is one way that that can happen. So what Debbie Wasserman Schultz has done in effect has allowed uh, members of the Republican uh, presidential lineup to monopolize political discourse and really set the tone for the 2016 election. 
That's not smart if you want to win. So even if you're a Hillary supporter, you should be calling for the DNC chief to end the exclusivity clause or call for her to be dismissed or uh, fired by Barack Obama altogether. So since Debbie Wasserman Schultz is uh, not going to back down, she's refusing to allow for more debates, we've got to now get her removed. It's the only thing uh, that we can really do um, as supporters of not just the Democratic presidential candidates, but of democracy, because it's not right. So there is now a whitehouse.gov petition that I'll link to in the description box. Now, it only has 8,000 signatures, but if we can get to 100,000, then the White House will be forced to respond, but we've got to act fast because this is an urgent matter. Time is ticking. Now, we also need to tweet at the Democrats again to uh, tell them to hashtag fire the chief. So as we are uh, doing this grassroots effort and trying to pressure the DNC to change uh, this stupid exclusivity clause or amend the debate schedule, at the very least, time is ticking and uh, the Republicans are eating up airtime on the mainstream media. But we can't have that. We can't have that. So sorry, but Debbie Wasserman Schultz must be fired in order to not only just help the Democratic Party's chances in 2016, but to actually allow for democracy when it comes to Democratic voters. Donald Trump has now officially signed the Republican loyalty pledge that he will not run as a third-party candidate in the event he does not get the Republican nomination. Now here's his speech. The chairman just left, as you probably know, and he's been extremely fair. The RNC has been absolutely terrific over the last two-month period. And as you know, that's what I've wanted. I've wanted fairness. I don't have to be treated any differently than anybody else. I just wanted fairness from the Republican Party. We're leading in every single poll. A new poll came out today where we're over 30 percent. We've actually hit numbers as high as 35 and 40 percent. And frankly, I felt that the absolute best way to win and to beat the Democrats and very easily, I think, beat the Democrats, no matter who it may be, whether it's Hillary or anybody else. And I think maybe Hillary's going to have a very hard time, frankly, with what's happening, getting to the starting gate. The best way for the Republicans to win is if I win the nomination and go directly against whoever they happen to put up. And for that reason, I have signed the pledge. Yeah. So I will be totally pledging my allegiance to the Republican Party and the conservative principles for which it stands. And we will go out and we will fight hard and we will win. We will win. And most importantly, we will make our country great again because that's what it's all about. We have to make our country great again. So now I should note that this isn't actually a legal pledge, but it's still relatively significant. So why is he doing this? If you're a Donald Trump supporter, uh, you're probably questioning why this is the case. Well, the Republican Party, they weren't very kind to him initially because he came out and, in effect, monopolized uh, conservative talking points and their message uh, overall and started espousing anti-Mexican and anti-immigrant rhetoric. So the Republican establishment was like, whoa, 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 put the brakes on there, buddy. 
you don't speak for all of us. And uh, they kind of told their base that he does not represent us. But as they said this, uh, he continued to rise and rise and rise in the polls. Um, and now uh, Trump didn't like the fact that even though he was rising in the polls, uh, he didn't like the fact that the Republican Party didn't take him seriously and didn't want to get behind him. So he threatened to run as a third party candidate. And what that did was it gave him leverage so that way they would have to respect him. So it worked. Now, if he were to run as a third party candidate, it would virtually guarantee that a Republican would not get in the White House in 2016. So what he did was hold the entire party hostage by threatening to run as a third party candidate. So why would Trump sign this pledge when arguably, uh, as an anti-establishment candidate, he needed that leverage? Well, I think it's because he actually thinks he's going to win. I don't believe that they bought off Donald Trump. I don't think that's possible. He can buy off the entire Republican Party if he wanted to, and he's bankrolling his own presidential campaign. So I really think it's just the case that he really thinks that he can win. And he's not dumb to think that, because if you look at the polls... Out of 17 GOP candidates, no matter how you slice it, he is dominating every single poll. If you're polling over 30% in a field with 17 candidates, you're doing very, very well. So now whether or not Donald Trump will actually win the Republican nomination, I have no idea. Uh, but if Republicans want a shot at actually winning the White House in 2016, they probably should not want Trump to get the Republican nominee. Because his favorability among Hispanics is at negative 51%. Now, this is unsurprising due to his rhetoric, but you can't win the White House if you don't at least get some support from Hispanics. You just can't. And this is true for both uh, Republicans and Democrats. This isn't my opinion. This is a fact. Uh, so the Republican Party, they're not stupid. They know this, which is why they wanted him to sign the Republican pledge uh, in the first place. Because if he signs the pledge, now they don't have to worry about him getting mad and uh, running as a third party candidate. They can outright condemn him and do some shady things against Donald Trump. So if you're a Trump supporter, you shouldn't be surprised if the RNC pulls out some tricks to try to stifle Donald Trump's campaign. Because as we've seen with the DNC, they're trying to uh, preserve Hillary Clinton's campaign by limiting the number of debates that the Democratic candidates are having. So again, if you're a Trump supporter, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do this to Donald Trump as well. Kim Davis, the Rowan County clerk in Kentucky, is now being held in contempt of court because she defied the Supreme Court and has refused to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Now, here's a brief clip of what happened when a same-sex couple tried to apply for a marriage license. I just want you all to know that we are not issuing marriage license today Why? pending... In contempt um, of court. What appeal is left? Pending the appeal it's in the Sixth denied. Circuit. The What's appeal, appeal stays has been denied. Right. The injunction so, is the order that you're supposed to issue marriage licenses. And we're not issuing marriage licenses The Supreme today. Court denied your stay. We are not issuing marriage licenses today. So Based would, on what? I would ask you all Why to Why are you not issuing marriage licenses today? Because I'm not. Under Why? whose authority whose are you authority? not issuing marriage licenses? Under God's authority. authority. So now there's a pending case against her, and she had asked the Supreme Court to issue a stay, but they had refused to intervene. Uh... Therefore, with that being said, uh, she has exhausted all of her legal options. She has uh, nothing else left to do but do her job and actually issue the marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Uh, yet, she still refused to do that. So, U.S. District Judge David Bunning ordered her to be held in contempt indefinitely 
until she agrees to do her job. Now, before all of you conservatives cry about judicial activism, just know that this judge is not a judicial activist. He was actually appointed by George W. Bush and is relatively conservative. Now, here's what Judge Bunning had to say. He says, quote, her good faith belief is simply not a viable defense. I myself have genuinely held religious beliefs, but I took an oath. So now, according to Huffington Post, that judge could hold another hearing in about a week or two to see if she is willing to comply with the law. And if not, well, then he doesn't have to release her because she's going to be held in contempt until she actually accepts the fact that she was elected by Kentucky taxpayers and she needs to do her job. So what are the other options here? Well, one, she could step down as a county clerk, but she's refused to do that. Now, another option is that she could potentially be impeached. However, uh, under Kentucky law, that's a very complex process because the Kentucky legislature is actually the one who has to impeach her, and it's a very lengthy process, so that's very unlikely. Now, another option is that uh, the executive branch could file charges against her since she is technically a criminal, but whether or not that's going to happen, it's yet to be seen. So the good news is that since she's been jailed, Anyone at the, Ro the Rowan County Clerk's Office that also uh, decides to follow in her footsteps and refuses to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples will be held in contempt of court as well. Now, the good news is that they're not sticking with her. They're like, mm, sorry, Kim. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> but <laughs> we're through with you. Uh, we're done with the nonsense. We're just going to go ahead and do it even though we disagree with it. So finally, this happened. So now let's step back and put this in perspective for a moment. This is what she's fighting against. She's fighting against two adults that love each other. That's what all the commotion's about. See, this is what Christian family values is about in the year 2015, apparently. It means that you uh, discriminate against people who disobey God's laws. Uh, now, as stated in the video that I showed you guys, she's operating under God's authority, right? Well, as you'll see, that's not really the case. So... Kim Davis has been married four times. Now, I'm going to explain to you the ridiculousness of her past uh, with marriages and how she's violating traditional marriage herself, but I'm going to read it really slow, so try to bear with me here because this is difficult because there's a lot going on. So, while she was married with husband number one, she fathered twins with husband number three, and then she divorced husband number one and married husband number two. So she had kids with uh, what would eventually become her third husband, but she found someone else and married him and divorced her first husband. So now husband number two then adopted uh, the twins that she fathered with husband number three, uh, but then she eventually divorced husband number two and married husband number three, which is the individual who she had the twins with. So now she has since divorced husband number three and has remarried husband number two the man who adopted uh, number three's kids. So this is now her fourth marriage. Oops. <laughs> Looks like she's not following God's law as well. And under God's authority, well, she's just as guilty as gay people, if not more. Because all of the men that she has been with since her first husband, well, technically by biblical standards, by her own God's standards, she's committing adultery. <laughs> It's that simple. Now, uh, the thing that's ironic here is that her God hates adultery so much that he decided to make it one of the Ten Commandments. Now, when it comes to uh, homosexuality in general or same-sex marriage, God didn't care so much about that to the extent that 
he thought, you know what? I'm not even going to put that in the Ten Commandments. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Just don't cheat on your spouse. Don't remarry. So it's clear. Kim Davis is a gigantic hypocrite. This isn't about her uh, religious values. Those, that's just something that she's using as a justification uh, for her bigotry. But even if it were the case that she was very uh, genuine about her Christianity, that she had these uh, long-held religious beliefs, well then, uh, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your religious beliefs are because she is a government official. Now, what's the one thing that we're all thinking about this? Well, she got arrested. She's going to be seen as a martyr. She's going to be a superstar on the right. But <laughs> it's not going to be the case that, uh, I don't know if you remember the pizza place. I think it was called Memories Pizza, where they said that they would not serve a gay couple uh, if they came in and wanted them to cater their wedding, which I don't know which gay couple uh, would want their wedding catered with uh, pizza. But anyways, uh, they got a GoFundMe page and made almost a million dollars. See, what Kim Davis is probably thinking is, look, I'm going to be a martyr. I'll just suck it up. I'll be in jail for like a week. But in the end, they're going to set up a GoFundMe uh, page in my name and we're going to be set for life now, a million bucks. But here's the deal. GoFundMe actually changed their terms and conditions so that way if an individual is uh, guilty of committing a crime, you cannot raise money for them. So it is not going to be the case that Kim Davis will have a million or potentially multi-million dollar GoFundMe account. <laughs> so it's not really working out in her favor to be a bigot. So now this is what uh, Kim Davis gets for all of this. Her picture is going to be in the civil rights section of all history books, and she's going to be known as the bad guy forever. And she's not even going to be rich because of it. She has nothing to gain now. All she has to gain is uh, prison time. <laughs> so... Again, this is just ridiculous, uh, so we'll see really how long she's going to uh, hold up and will remain in custody. Uh, now, because, I mean, look, the choice really is hers. All she has to do is say, look, I'm going to issue marriage licenses to gay people. I understand now that what I did was wrong, but she's not going to do that. Now, here's one thing that's, I think, really interesting. Even the Republican presidential candidates, such as Jeb Bush and Donald Trump, They've even condemned her actions, saying that she needs to follow the law. So now if you've lost Republicans, you're done. You're on a sinking ship. Just get off of it, Kim. Come on. So now with that being said, she has garnered uh, support from some bigots. There was the hashtag FreeKimDavis on Twitter. Now, that was almost immediately hijacked. So I'm going to read you some of my favorites from the hijacked tweets. So here's one of them. Uh... Free Kim Davis, she's the white Rosa Parks who refuses to get off the bus until the bus stops letting black people on again. Very well said. Uh, from Joe My God. Free Kim Davis because we do not want her turning gay in jail. <laughs> I don't know why he hashtagged Ben Carson. Maybe there's something that I'm missing from that. But anyways, my favorite one. Uh, hashtag Free Kim Davis. Worst coupon ever. <laughs> So that one is uh, that one wins in my opinion. So what's the takeaway? The takeaway is that it's 2015. Being a bigot does not pay off anymore. Stop it. Bill Maher had Rick Santorum on his show last week, and they actually sparred pretty hard over the issue of climate change. So I'll let you guys see the clip, and then we'll come back and discuss it. And we're going to run into problems there because I don't think you think climate change is a real problem. And I'm and I'm not alone. I mean, the most recent survey. You're not alone. The most recent survey of climate, uh, climate mean scientists said about 57 percent don't agree with the idea that 95 percent of the change in the climate is being wait, caused wait. by, uh, say by that CO2. Again? There was a survey done of 1,800 scientists, and 57 percent said they don't buy off 
on the idea that CO2 is the, is the knob that's turning the uh, climate. There's hundreds Rick, of reasons I don't the know, climate change. I don't know what ass you're pulling that I'm out I'm not. Of. I'm, I'll, I'll, but I'll that send, is I'll, not, I'll, you I'll know send that. you the survey. Okay. It's 1,800 I mean, climate scientists. That's number one. Number two, the 97% figure that's thrown around, the head of the UN IPC said that number was pulled out of thin air. It was based on a, on a survey of 77, not even 97 scientists responded to that survey. So let's just get, let's talk about facts. All right, challenge accepted, let's do that. So when it comes to the study he's referring to, PolitiFact explains, Santorum inaccurately describes the idea that he says 57% of scientists don't agree with. The IPCC has said it is extremely likely, meaning a 95% confidence level, that humans are causing climate change. The IPCC also said it is very likely, meaning a 90% confidence level, that greenhouse gases are the driver. So it's not about whether or not they think climate change is real or not, it's about their confidence level. So now PolitiFact continues. The survey's findings disprove the IPCC's confidence level finding. About 65% of scientists said they agreed that greenhouse gases were the main driver of climate change. Of those scientists, 65.2% reported virtually certain or it was extremely likely that their estimate was correct, corresponding to a 95% or higher confidence level. That means, according to Kummer, about 43%, 65.2% of 65.9% were extremely confident that greenhouse gases were the main driver of climate change. In other words, 57% weren't 95% confident. So in short, the 57% of scientists he's referring to do not reject uh, man-made global warming. Now, don't take my word for it. The actual author came out and uh, talked about Rick Santorum's interpretation of the study. And PolitiFact explains, the survey's lead author, Bart Verhagen, told us first, 22% of climate scientists surveyed didn't actually answer a question as to what extent greenhouse gases were causing climate change. He said it would be more accurate to consider only those who answered the question. Now, second... Kummer only counts scientists who were 95% or more confident that greenhouse gases drive climate change when the actual IPCC statement reports a 90% certainty. So basically, Rick Santorum's claim is not consistent with the results from our survey. So in short, the real findings of the survey maintains that there is a scientific consensus that global warming is real and it's man-made. But the levels of confidence vary between 90 and 95%. Now, Rick Santorum also made the second claim that the 97% figure is completely bogus. He says that uh, that figure does not account for the amount of scientists who uh, believe in man-made climate change uh, because it's overblown and uh, their survey sample was too small. They only used 77 scientists. So now that's false because in a meta-study involving just under 14,000 peer-reviewed climate articles published between 1991 and 2012, only 24 reject global warming. I'll show you the chart. Again, I'll reiterate that. <laughs> Out of 13,950, only 24 reject global warming. So... The conclusion is that Rick Santorum is 100% wrong. He doesn't want to talk about facts. He said he wants to talk about them, but he's lying to you. He wants to manipulate the facts and uh, misinterpret these studies to suit his political agenda. But that's not going to work because we see you right through you. Uh, Bill Maher was right to call him out. And I'm really glad that Bill Maher didn't let up, that he really challenged Rick Santorum on this because it's complete lies. Bill O'Reilly accused Univision's Jorge Ramos of being biased. All right, now, you're an anchorman. 
How can you possibly cover illegal immigration fairly when you're an activist, when you're, you're a, a proponent of allowing them amnesty? How can you possibly cover the story? You should excuse yourself from it or recuse yourself from it. I'm, or I'm just become a up, reporter. Or become like me, a commentator. I'm just a reporter You're not. asking questions. You're an activist. Mr. Riley, I don't think you are the right person to lecture me on advocacy and journalism when you spend most of your program I'm a commentator, that's what I do. Without asking questions, I can be tough with President Barack Obama and I can be tough with uh, right, Donald right. Trump. Any, but most uh, of the look, time, people can decide with Republicans. They can watch your interview with Obama and they can watch my interview with Obama and I'll tell you why. My interview was a hundred times harder. Now, Jorge, why don't you just become Bill? like me, a commentator? You're not a newsman anymore. You're an advocate now. I, I am simply a reporting asking questions, uh, but sometimes as a reporter, you have to take a stand when it comes to racism, discrimination, corruption, right. public lies, dictatorships, and human rights. You have to take a stand, and that's the only thing I'm Nobody doing. Nobody has ever been in a repertorial range like you have been, and I'm not criticizing you for mm -hmm. your stand. I'm saying you're in the wrong job. Be a commentator. Now, no, I got to tell think everybody that what Donald Trump is doing is very right. dangerous. He's proposing that's the largest opinion. mass deportation in recent history. Jorge, and who is going to challenge opinion. him? That's our job as reporters. No. No, a reporter reports doesn't give an opinion. A no, no, commentator no, 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 gives that. an opinion. We report, but we also have to challenge those who you are can in challenge, power. The but most you important social responsibility of a journalist is to challenge those who are Jorge, in power. You're doing exactly what I'm doing, man. You just don't have the title. Okay, so Bill O'Reilly is completely wrong. Of course, it's the job of the media to report the news, but they also have to inform viewers. So part of that is calling out factual inaccuracies. So this means that you need to be objective and provide viewers with facts. Bill O'Reilly has never heard of these things called facts and has no idea what they are if you brought it to his attention. So when politicians say things that are factually incorrect, well, it's the job of journalists to call them out. The media is an institution that is a check on government authority. If you don't have a media, you're going to have a very tyrannical government. So that's the job of them. They're supposed to inform voters and viewers. So Jorge Ramos is one of very few real journalists that actually is doing his job. He critiques not just Republicans, but Democrats as well. If you watch his interview with Barack Obama, it was crazy. I mean, he, he was pretty much calling out President Obama on a plethora of issues, and it was fantastic to watch. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to hold the feet of politicians to the fire. That's why Jorge Ramos is trusted among his viewers. So now when uh, Jorge Ramos told uh, Bill O'Reilly that I don't think you're the right person to lecture me on advocacy and journalism, that was awesome because it's so true. Fox News is the most brazenly biased network and Bill O'Reilly has the audacity, really, to lecture Jorge Ramos on his activism when Bill O'Reilly, his whole goal is to spread propaganda and misinformation for the Republican Party. So, Bill O'Reilly, you're the biggest activist of them all. You're part of the Republican establishment. You do what the party wants. You receive your talking points directly from the Republican Party. So, you have absolutely no place, no place at all to say that Jorge Ramos shouldn't be an activist. Because you are a hypocrite, sir, and it doesn't matter that you're a commentator. You claim to be a news network. You say you're fair and balanced, right? 
Well, then come on, hold yourself to the same standard that you want to hold Jorge Ramos to. But Bill O'Reilly doesn't do that because Fox News is not a real news network. They are a propaganda machine. It's not surprising that uh, one study showed that Fox News viewers are less informed than people who don't watch the news at all because it is riddled with factual inaccuracies and is just propaganda. That's its whole goal. It's propaganda for the Republican Party. So Jorge Ramos is awesome to call out Bill O'Reilly for that. That's all the uh, topics that we have time to cover in this episode. I want to thank all of my viewers uh, for subscribing and supporting the show. And I also want to welcome all of my new subscribers to the channel. Uh, we've got big things planned. Um, also got to send a thank you to my social media manager, Isaac Welde. He's been keeping you guys up to date on a ton of political issues that I don't get to cover on the show on our Facebook page. So if you haven't already, go and like that page. Um, that is our show. I will see you guys next week. Take care.